Mid-market sized businesses are where the true economic action in business really is. They are nimble and agile, they're factories of growth, they lead in innovation and they're early adopters of tech. These enterprises need the right tools, support and environment to flourish. But sadly, they're often overlooked and undervalued. Not here though. This is the Mid-Market Matters podcast and I'm your host, Craig West. We'll explore pain points, growth strategies and how to find the competitive edge. Welcome to SME Radio. In this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're joined by David Reed and Darren Drew, both directors of Business 360. And we're going to have a chat about a really important issue for mid-market business owners. How do we reshape our workforce in what's probably going to be called now the new normal or the post-COVID normal? Uh, David, Darren, thanks for joining us, firstly. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Maybe a little bit of background. How did you guys get to be where you are today in Business 360? Tell us a bit about your background and uh, work experience, etc. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, first it was myself. I actually started in blue collar years and years ago when we all left and became apprentices and do all that, all that sort of thing, but very interested in how business worked. So I went through studying people and uh, business management and operations. And, and funnily enough, I met Darren along the way. This is actually the third um, arrangement that we've worked together in now, back when I was in the RTO training sector. And a couple of years ago, we're looking at the marketplace and we worked for a very large industrial relations firm and the market wanted something different to what was being offered. They they actually wanted support. They wanted hand-holding. They wanted to uh, help implementing things or taking things out of their in-tray. So we hatched a plan and put together um, some services around that workplace relations space and uh, which fitted very well with our background. And, And yourself, Darren? Yeah, very much so. Dealing with business owners is addressing their key problems. Funnily, the key problems always revolved around people because at the end of the day, without the people, their business wasn't anything. But obviously, there were people that they'd love to have and treat them as family, and there were others there that unfortunately weren't on the bus as much as they'd like to. So really working with business owners addressing those types of issues is really what Dave and I love to do. We started Business 360 so we could work in the businesses side by side a lot of companies uh, engage consultants and they end up with lots of documentation and that's in a lovely expensive folder, but it sits on the shelf. Uh, our, our motto is let's get those policies off the shelf and put them into practice. So I suppose our background's always being engaging at management and middle management, but really then engaging with staff. So we have a whole of business approach and we, can, we created Business 360 so we could have uh, the opportunity through ourselves and our staff to make a real difference inside the business, not just sitting from the side. So we've been very fortunate over the last 30-odd years. I suppose we're telling our age here now, but we've done literally thousands and thousands of meetings with business owners, and they all think they're unique. But at the end of the day, they rely on their staff. Staff are their greatest assets. Unfortunately, uh, they can be their greatest operating costs. And underneath this current COVID-19 environment, um, they're really doing it tough in relation to those areas. And, And that's what we'd like to talk a little bit more about today is understanding how we can look at uh, sort of restructuring their businesses so they can be agile and competitive and, and lead from the front moving into this, what we're calling this COVID new normal. Yeah, and I guess we're going to hear a lot about that kind of terminology, whether it's post-COVID or COVID new normal or whatever it might be. But um, look, it's still very disruptive for business owners. Most of them are not HR experts, but they're finding they now have to deal with a stack of different rules, regulations, you know, requirements. 
for their employees. As you said, their people are really important to them and they're all trying to look after them, but there are some rules around what can and can't be done. And we've seen in the media a number of examples of people who've underpaid their employees or who've stood their employees down when they couldn't or who've stood their employees down and demanded they work when they got job seeker. It's a real mess in terms of understanding what you can and can't do. So I'd like to just start with the basics. What is the business environment at the moment around people and what do people need to be aware of in terms of managing their staff? Yeah, true, Craig. And, and you're right, we're just coming out of a state of shock. And now just in the last few weeks, we're seeing signs of people trying to move forward or plan forward. Because whether we're on JobKeeper funding or JobSeeker funding or what have you, we have to move forward. And it's going to run out at some point. Things have changed. The, the business environment's changed. We're being forced to take stock, assess our plan. Uh, we have to sort of implement the move forward. And we're just seeing signs of that now. There's some slight quivers at this moment where businesses are concerned with funding you know, with the government review in June. So that's sort of making everyone quiver again. But regardless... We have to move forward. You know, it's either pack up shop or embrace this. So what we've found is smart businesses, they do embrace change. Um, there's always opportunity in turmoil. But as the Succession Plus model is, when it, when it comes to the workplace review, when you do your business insights report, you do have to take stock. You do have to sort of review where we're at, what's the plan to move forward. And uh, once you move past the financials, it usually comes down to business or operational practices or processes. And that's how we carry out or go to market. And when you look at the four P's of marketing of, uh, you know, price and product and promotion place and all these types of things, it actually boils down to the human element. It's actually people that do in marketing. It's our, our people that manufacture goods. It's our people that store them, ship them, move them and even buy them and consume them. So it's then the consideration right now is once we get past the shell shock, let's have a review of where we stand, let's consider funding, and now let's move forward is what talent do I need, you know, meaning what, who are the key people I need to keep to stay in contact with, and uh, who's on board with these changes with me. And it sort of then moves into this character, you know, who's got the right culture fit to move forward with us because unlike the past, you know, we can't have 50 players on the playing field anymore. Uh, sorry to use sporting analogies, but we just need a lean, fit team. So most um, workforces won't be able to have fat. They won't be able to hide poor players on the pitch. Uh, we all need to contribute. So yeah. we've, Darren and I have put together some dot points in fact sheet forms for, for your viewers, uh, sorry, for your listeners. And um, some of these things is like, how do we prioritise essential staff and that's that's a big question and just your thoughts on a couple of these darren well very much so you know we probably have to acknowledge that the new COVID normal means that there's a reduction in revenue for most businesses those that uh, have good clients and obviously have a, have a have a core staff will need to you know consolidate that and as things do improve and they will improve um but they're not going to be back at the levels that they were pre-COVID for quite a while to ensure that you've got the best staff. It's about having them engaged. Now, how do we continue to engage them? If the, if the business isn't running at the moment, obviously the stand down and leave direction. So it's very important to stay in contact with them. And where appropriate, there's work from home. But again, we have workplace health and safety issues there. You know, there are means through JobKeeper that you are able to have salary reductions, reduced hours, and there may be some needs to extend that. Now, all that needs to be managed. 
And why that's very important is because the Fair Work Act is still in place and that communication and more importantly, the documentation of those types of processes needs to be in place. And unfortunately, through that planning that David was talking about, the business may need to consider you know, some permanent scale down measures for the short or medium term, just due to the result of those impacts. So again, a review needs to be done. Who are our core staff? Who do we want to be a part of the future? And even who may be someone that we can attract from potentially someone in our opposition, for example. How do we bring that key talent in board? So the new normal will be slightly reducing revenue, but you still need to have that core team there to be able to relaunch your business. It's an interesting way to look at it. I guess the next sort of thing I'd like to talk about is just re-engaging the workforce. So assume we do get back to some kind of normality and people start to come back to work, albeit it may well be two days in the office, three days at home or whatever the mix might end up being. But how do we make sure we've got a safe work environment? Uh, what are some of the things people need to think about in terms of bringing employees back to the workplace? Yeah, you're right there, Craig, sort of uh, return to work's part of it. But with our new norm, it's just not as simple as let's return to work because there's actually government restrictions or legislation around distancing and hygiene and other matters. So most people's offices aren't set up for that. So we'll have a blended approach. It's just not a simple answer for most where, yes, we may be able to accommodate some work from home, but then we have to accommodate now safety at work. And WorkSafe Australia is a fantastic uh, resource site for uh, people to download templates and all sorts of things, tools they need around uh, signage and uh, education in the workplace for those types of tools. But you know, how do we safely work within the government uh, control measures? You've got to think about, well, firstly, are my plans consistent with the federal government directions in this? To say WorkSafe Australia is a fantastic resource site, done really well with a lot of tools there. But how do we transition into multi-site? So what we've found in the past is a lot of businesses have some sort of safety documentation, but if you sort of poke deep into it, as Darren said right at the start of the program, it's usually sitting on the shelf and it's not widely known. So it's actually time that we actually educated our workforce around what our stance is on that. So policy and procedure is partly government regulated, but it's also partly what's our personal company stance on conduct and how we conduct ourselves in this environment. And businesses will need to spell that out as their duty of care obligation. Again, some simple things around, you would have heard about hygiene and distancing and all those sort of measures, but it really does get back to what do our contracts, our policies, what's our stance on some of this and have we captured it and educated? So should something happen? there's a, an outbreak or something gets um, brought back to our workplace, identified as, as a place of, uh, or a source, that you can show, yes, we took this serious, yes, we did act, and yes, we do have documentation. So the, the element that Fair Work and WorkSafe and also the ATO have all said, and a lot of people doing knee-jerk reactions on a lot of the stuff, where they've said, look, before you act, get advice. There's a procedural process for ramping down as far as ramping up. And there's also an evidence piece. And you need to be able to evidence through documents that not only just through signage, but through policy and procedure too. I don't know, Darren, if you've got anything to add there. Well, I, I think the other watch outs that we look at moving forward when you're starting to either restructure or get your business back 
um, some viable position. You still have to be cognitive that the laws apply, the fair work legislation, workplace health and safety legislation. If we didn't have enough to contend with, um, the government regulators are still holding, you know, employers' feet to the fire. There is no mm. watering down of these laws. While we need to be very empathetic towards employers and employees and the relationship that they find themselves in, but as employees are starting to lose their jobs, they're going to, in this environment, ensure that their rights are being maintained. So it is a high-risk area, um, whether you are re-engaging staff or downsizing staff or getting them to work from home. Multiple legislative platforms are cut across. And while we don't want to say it, it's unwieldy, it, it just comes back to how well your current systems are and whether you are actually applying those systems with the additional requirements that are now needed. Because uh, adverse actions, general protection claims, workplace health and safety issues are going to skyrocket. And if, if it's not enough that you're contending with lower revenues, you don't want to have a claim that's going to chew up a lot more of that um, cash reserves than you need to. So which the watch out really is get the right advice, follow the right systems. Don't just assume that we're all going to act on goodwill and trust. We do need to have the correct protocols in place. And we would counsel people to revisit their contracts, their policies, their workplace health and safety systems, and just double check that they are fit for purpose. It's an interesting point because not only have employers got to think about how do I reorganise my business to make it economically viable and you know reignite customer activity and sales and so on, but they've also got to think about the fact that things like the unfair dismissal legislation hasn't gone away. It hasn't changed. It's still there. So whatever you restructure needs to take that into account. Very much so. And that's why we put together our workplace restructuring guide. You know, what steps should I take now to secure my business? Sort of post-JobKeeper. If I do need to reduce my workforce, whether I'm a large or a small business, I still need to follow the rules. And the rules around redundancy, one, that we need to ensure that we haven't pre-selected anybody through that process. So, yeah. again, the correct advice does need to be followed there. We put some guidelines around that people would like to download, but very true. An employee has got nothing to lose by making a claim if they feel that they haven't been treated correctly. And then it'll be up to the employer to prove that they were fair and reasonable and just, and most importantly, non-discriminatory through that fair procedural um, process that they've applied. It, it, can, it can be a minefield. Can yeah, it sound, I was just going to say, it sounds like a bit of a minefield to me because we've got enough things to sort out as it is without all this worrying about it. <laughs> and Craig, that's where goodwill and trust has only flows so far. But when people sit back and go, hang on a sec, I've lost my job. I think that was unfair. I think I've been discriminated against. Fair work is there, and quite rightly so. Fair work is there for the employee. We're certainly not saying not to make those claims, but business owners need to be aware that those risks are there. The reality is, and a lot of the commentary now is talking about a slow, gradual restart it's not going to happen you know the clock's not going to turn on on 1st of july and we're back to where we were 12 months ago um it's a slow gradual restart so it needs constant retweaking constant change and adaptation of our model and our employees and maybe even things like working hours and salaries and part-time etc what's the best way to go around that to make sure you don't make a complete mess of it well creating a workforce restructuring plan it, it, again we, we're coming back to the same thing but we do need to diagnose before we prescribe so understanding if, if I'm going to have a reduced workforce, who are my key people? Um, what current terms of employment have I got? What flexibility do I have under JobKeeper? Um, can I reduce hours? Can I reduce change duties? How do I create a flexible workforce within quite a rigid industrial relations platform being the Fair Work Act? So it's, again, just understanding what you can and can't do. And you may need to seek advice on that. And consultation and communication is the key. 
and having an evidentiary trial put together. But consulting with staff is a very important part of that. There are some JobKeeper do's and some JobKeeper don'ts, and we just need to be mindful that while we might take a common sense approach to having a chat about things, we've got to be mindful that those chats can lead us down an area that we are adversely affecting someone or forcing them into making decisions which they don't feel are the right things by them. But they do want to keep their job, so coercion is one thing that can be quite an issue there. David, you want to add to that? Yeah, I suppose some of the things we're seeing, because uh, as uh, even a couple of weeks ago, there was already 120 applications in Fair Work for people challenging things. So it's already uh, on the uptake. And what we found is a lot of people in desperate times did a lot of knee-jerk um, actions and reactions just standing people down ahead of being able to legally do so. So I suppose some of the watchouts that we've seen is proper consultation. Now, what's that mean? So when you're making workplace changes, and it's usually at the moment around changing work conditions or uh, redundancies or stand downs, I've seen lots and lots of businesses basically try to say, well, we'll meet the consultation piece of the Fair Work Act. I'll call my staff in, we'll have a staff meeting and saying as of, tomorrow we're standing everyone down, any questions? Now, Fair Work doesn't see that as consultation. That was yep. just a heads up meeting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's not much consultation in that, is there? <laughs> no, and with consultation, you just have to show that you've given people opportunity to consider, to respond, and then they may have other solutions that you haven't thought of. So then you have to show that you've considered their suggestions and then acted. Another big watch out we've seen too, Craig, is part-time workers. And, and you mentioned it earlier in the program about with all these changing work conditions, employers have thought, wow, my employees, my part-time employees now are getting $750. I can work them up to that limit. The rules are different from job seeker to job keeper to somebody not on any government scheme at all, award versus award under the Fair Work Act. It's not one size fits all. So if you see someone else doing it, it doesn't mean it applies to you. Generally speaking, the government would say, if you're standing down your workers due to lack of work, why are you getting everyone to work additional hours? Are you really showing a lack of work? Probably the one of the biggest watchouts is if you've got a part-time worker who's contracted to, say, work 20 hours a week, and you're thinking, whoopee, I can now make them work more hours to bolster up to, to the 750, that's not okay. Uh, fair work will uh, look right. poorly at that and even be a claim. So another one and within that, Craig, is then, well, what about changing patterns of work? So under a job keeper, you can sort of vary certain directions around uh, where mm. you work from. You can vary directions around the quantity of hours and even, even possibly the days or the duties. But you do have to consider... If, if I'm a, like a Monday to Friday worker and you decide, okay, Dave, I'll get you to work, uh, say, weekends now as Saturday to Wednesday, the penalty rate for Sunday has to be calculated. So all of a sudden, the hours that I would have got out of my work are based on 750 on normal hours versus penalty, I would get less hours. So there's quite a few trip-ups with some of these things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it still sounds like there's a lot of work to do to get very clear on what you can and can't do. And I think you're right. I think you said it before. You know, people were in a panic a few months ago or a few weeks ago, really, around how do they save their business? What do they do? You know, and the wages bill for a lot of them was the key problem at that particular time. But I guess we start to come back now. You talked before about a workforce restructuring plan. 
Um, maybe just give us a bit of a summary of sort of the key five or six steps around building that plan. And then we'll talk about how we can access some resources uh, and help people through that process. When we start looking at a workforce restructuring, again, step one, and obviously we're stating the obvious, is do you have a current or a pending cash deficiency? And obviously businesses do. And obviously they've already been trying to identify measures to reduce costs. Now, obviously wages is generally their largest operating cost. And, and underneath this program, we have the ability to adjust or reduce. Or, and unfortunately, if it's required, you may need to remove some of those costs from your businesses. Uh, again, government support is there. So great, let's identify the measures that the government support programs can offer up. And again, understand what you can do with inside that and determine how these support programs are going to affect your cash flow. You do need to think long and hard to build a, a new normal wages forecast. What is May, June, July going to look like? Taking into consideration what the government's support is, but if I need to work additional hours over the top of that, do I have the cash to pay for that? So it's a matter of working out and maximising your workforce but watch out, as what David said before, about trying to exploit, if you like, some of what you think is common sense, but the laws, unfortunately, don't allow you to do. Um, we're now moving into, obviously, engaging some senior managers. Start to look and say, look, what key positions do we need to maintain? What skills and capabilities are required or now not required? And we need to create a plan to transition the workforce and what we're going to need into the future. Now, then we need to obviously finalise that in such a way that can give us some longevity as we move through. But we will need to consult with staff about these pending changes and create the appropriate evidence so we can document from fair work requirements. And then we need to move on and implement that. And now the implementation, again, could be, again, just meetings followed up by documentation, or it may be that we do need to do full redundancy programs to reduce our workforce in a per more permanent nature to move through. These are unfortunate times and these, these should be last resort measures, but unfortunately they will need to be faced. So again, we can't keep everybody on JobKeeper forever. We know that's going to end. So you need to start looking at what your business, plan A, plan B around cash flow to keep your business viable. Because at the end of the day, that's probably the most business owners need to think about their business, you know, their investments, their family to ensure that the business survives so they can scale down, but then in time, rejuvenate, scale up and move back into a profitable area. And we put all that together into a guide which goes through some of the key steps in more detail. If people would like to download that or we could send that to them. Yeah, and I'll find out how we do that in just a moment. Just before we wrap up, I'd love to hear your number one tip for mid-market business owners to get through this process. Look, from my part, Craig, it's uh, consider your options. We have a saying, it's a, a workplace health and safety mantra, and it's be aware, be prepared, be proactive. So there's no head in the sand anymore. It is what it is. Be aware, be prepared, which is the planning piece. You know, consider your options and plan early. Unfortunately, a lot of people are sort of delaying things, but are you only delaying the inevitable if, um, if you can't sustain yourself? So let's uh, get match ready now. And the proactive thing is the acting. So you need to plan, uh, you need to uh, after assess, and then we need to come up with the implementation piece. That's what I think that I think you'd be in a far better position if you work your way through these required changes to make out your new business normal than reacting once the horse is bolted. Great. Yes, yes. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. More. 
That's fantastic. So be aware, be prepared, be proactive. How do people contact you? Where do we download the guide you've mentioned? Because I think it sounds like it's a really useful tool. Um, give us some contact details so people can reach out for help. Obviously, if someone needs our, our help urgently, we're happy to, to take a call on 1300 287 360. Uh, again, Dave and I, uh, we, we deal with all of those issues that people might need urgent attention with, and we can then triage that to one of our consultants to assist with. Our website, uh, obviously, business360pps.com.au. PPS stands for the right plan, the right people, and the right supports. And again, that's what we're here, not only just to give advice, but also to help implement and create that change that needs to take place. Um, we can put a link. There's a link on their website for that download. Um, or, again, we can probably put a link on this podcast as well. David, Darren, thanks very much. That's been really helpful information in a time when I think people really need this kind of help in their business to make sure they can restructure and get back to normal. The more businesses that do that, the better, but without getting into trouble on the way through. So thank you for joining us today. It's been great. Thank you very much. Thank Craig. you, Craig. It's our pleasure too. All the best to your listeners. Thank you for listening to SME Radio, proudly produced by Eagle Wave's small business podcasting platform. For more great episodes like this, go to smea.org.au. Remember, if you have a story to tell, we want to share it. Mm-hmm.